a generous donation by a football Super Bowl star that will make you smile and maybe give some thought into investing and adopting a human's best friend and making her money with friends debut. We have author of the Broke Millennial books, Erin Lowry, that and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I'm broke millennial author, Erin Lowry, and I am coming to you from Queens, New York. So exotic, Erin. All right, this is the Money News Show. That's right. That includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like broke millennial author Aaron Lowry. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Thanks to Joust, by the way, for supporting Money with Friends. Joust is the nation's only all-inclusive banking platform for the self-employed. Pay Armor, Joust invoice payment guarantee products, supports the 71% of the gig economy workforce that experiences non-payment. You can sign up for Joust for free at tryjoust.com forward slash MWF. Enter the promo code Money with Friends, and you will get $100 in credits. That's a very generous offer. That is try.joust.com forward slash MWF. So the first time I said that, I didn't say the dot. So it's try.joust.com slash MWF. We'll also have the link on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And by the way, I'm really happy that Joust is part of our family now. Um, I met uh, George Kurtia from there um, back at FinCon last year and uh, really was interested in the product. And I'm so glad that we are learning more about it. We're also learning more about Aaron. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Fun to be here for a kickoff. I know. And you are also taking a well-deserved break. You're in the thick of writing your third book. Oh my gosh. Tell us about it. Yes, I'm exhausted. It's due very <laughs> soon. And I will I've sent about half of it to my editor. So I really need to to get finishing on the rest of it. But this time the topic is Broke Millennial Talks Money, Scripts, Stories, and Advice for Navigating Awkward Financial Conversations. So it is a relationship and money book, but in a very different way. And it doesn't just focus on romance, because anytime I say relationship, People just think about romantic relationships, but it's split up into four sections, work, family, friends, and romance. And it's how we navigate the everything from asking a coworker how much they make all the way to getting financially naked with your partner, to asking mom and dad if they have enough money to support themselves in retirement, to how to talk to your siblings about potentially awkward family dynamics and telling your friends things like, hey, no, I cannot afford to split this dinner bill evenly. Or I'm glad you invited me to your birthday dinner, but I don't have $75 to pay by splitting this up evenly, which is, I feel like, everyone's pain point. That was probably the number one question when I started researching for this book and was asking my community what they wanted. There was a lot of, I don't make as much as my friends. How do I navigate that? That was one of the biggest pain points that people had. Yeah, I I definitely have been in that situation on both sides. And I think that it's really important that we get that on the open and take away the stigma from it. So I think that it's a really important topic that you're covering. And all of those relationships, because, you know, the partner relationship, the romantic partner is really just one slice of the pie. 
on that note, we're going to be talking more about that throughout the season because you're going to be here for four months with us. You're going to be doing two shows in a row every four weeks. So this you'll be here today and you're going to be here tomorrow. So we're going to get to have more sneak previews. I'm going to drag out lots of little tidbits from Aaron about the book. So you'll get some exclusive um, sneak peeks at your next book. But for now, let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into the headline. Friends, check. Money, check. Friends with money, Let's do this. So this is coming from Fortune. Chiefs player pays adoption fee for all shelter dogs after Super Bowl victory. And it has the picture I mentioned earlier where he's doing the snow angel in the confetti. So Derek Nadi is celebrating his Super Bowl victory with some philanthropy. This Kansas City Chiefs defensive tackle has announced that he will pay all of the adoption fees for dogs currently at the KC Pet Project Shelter. That's going to make it easier for over 100 pooches to find their forever homes. KC Pet Project currently has 117 dogs up for adoption, according to its website. Adoption fees for canines typically range from $75 to $300, valuing his donation at between $8,775 and $35,000. He has been partnering with KC Pet Project all season through the Derek Nadi Foundation, a nonprofit that helps several groups, including families and children, in a variety of cities with a focus on Virginia Beach and Kansas City. Derek's father, this is a quote, um, uh, Derek's father taught him at a young age that as Nandis, we don't receive, we give. And the Derek Nandi Foundation embodies that mantra through all the work that it does, the foundation says on its website. So you, so, go ahead. Go, well, one of the things that Bobby and I want to talk about is part of how dogs end up in shelters in the first place. And one of the points that got pulled out here, and this is actually how I ended up with my first dog. His name was Mosby, and he was actually a senior rescue I think different rescue organizations define senior different ways, but for many of them, it's once your dog hits about seven and older, they get defined as a senior. And we weren't a hundred percent sure what Mosby's case was, but I feel pretty confident that he actually belonged to an elderly person who either died or had to get uh, put into an assisted living situation and couldn't bring Mosby with him. He was clearly a very loved, very well cared for dog who really liked old people. He was obsessed with my husband's grandfather. And so, and if he saw an older person on like a park bench, he would run to them. So that's really where my theory came from, that that's how he ended up in shelters. So that's one of the very many ways that dogs can end up in shelters. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, we talk so much about things like estate planning and who's going to take care of children, which can be a tough discussion. I think it's important to make sure to include your pets in any plans for uh, what happens if something happens to you. Maybe even if you're um, not well and you have to you know, take care of yourself or somebody else, it's important to have a plan in place so that that can be fluid, so that there's no interruption in the pet's life. Also, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the cost of pet ownership. Um Pet ownership can be very expensive. And in fact, that is one of the reasons, I pulled up some other articles, it's one of 10 reasons, but one of the reasons that dogs do end up in shelters um, is between vet bills, boarding, buying food, toys, grooming. Pets can be very expensive. And a lot of people underestimate the amount of money that owning a dog is gonna involve, especially if there's special needs, health issues involved. Um, So, you know, there's lots of different estimates. I'll pull it up. I pulled up, that was from... um, a website called Canine Curiosity, what I just talked about and these 10 reasons. Um, 
but the cost of owning a pet, according to the ASPCA, the first year cost of ownership often exceeds a thousand dollars. And I think that's actually a very low estimate. Agreed. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I know we've had a friend, um, Sandy Smith had a, her dog, I think ate something and she had a very large bill that she talked about publicly. And she actually started a side hustle just to pay for it. And I would say, yes, my dog eats everything on the street and at home. And so that's one of the huge dangers is if you have a dog that will ingest just about anything into their system and also things just happen. You know, Mosby, he was, because he was a senior dog, we kind of knew what we were getting into in terms of medical costs and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in vet bills for, he had a heart issue and he would get, there was a period of time that we were going to the vet about every other week. And then he ended up on very expensive medication. And we, at one point, I swear we got like a family and friends frequent flyer discount at the vet because there was one time we took him in and they did not at all charge us how much it should have been. And then they started just giving us toys for him. So yeah, that, that part was great. But you know, some people do have pet insurance, we did not for Mosby because he was already older with a pre-existing condition. So no one was going to really insure him. So he had his own emergency fund. Wow. So every single month, I put money into an emergency fund for him so that when things came up and when we did have to take him to the vet, it was all good. It didn't really disrupt our budget too badly. Yeah. And I think awareness is a really important thing. I mean, some of the fees that you can see, typical fees for a dog, um, you know, just even to spay or neuter a dog, um, which is to have them not have more puppies if they're not wanted, you know, can be as much as $300. I think it could be even higher in New York City. Um, Another thing that some people do is they do microchips for a dog. My dog, Waffles, is microchipped. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, It sort of freaked me out at first, the idea of this chip being injected in her. But now I think, what if she's lost and this, and, you know, somehow she doesn't have her tags on or something. That's a really, you know, important thing. We do have, because we got Waffles as a puppy, we did buy health insurance for her, pet insurance. It is very expensive. I'm going to think it's close to $50 a month, which is a lot, um, especially because there's a deductible, I think, of about 500 And we've been fortunate that we've never hit that really. Um, but it's really there literally for emergencies because I can't imagine not spending any, like my last dime on this little dog that we love so much. And you don't want to be in that position where you are, you know, draining your whatever fund for a pet. Um, That's why it's so good that you have an emergency fund because you've got that money set aside because things do happen. Um, It's also important if something does happen that you just with everything, you let the person, the, the vet in this case, know the situation. There is no insurance and maybe they can make adjustments to the bill. I think it's nice that your vet did that. Yeah. And one thing too, I would also say with getting your dog neutered or spayed, is if you get your dog from a shelter or any form of a rescue organization, a lot of them, one, as a requirement of the adoption, will mandate that you get your dog fixed in a certain time period if your dog has not already gone through the procedure. And two, a lot of them will either pay for it or heavily subsidize it, which is one thing that's really great, especially if 
budget is a little bit of a concern because like Bobby said, it's usually several hundred dollars at the lower end to get your yes. job fixed. And, and this is all, you know, assuming there's no complications or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think awareness is a really important thing, being aware of the financial costs. And we actually reached out. We taped this, by the way, live in front of a Facebook Live audience. If anyone wants to join us, um, you can share your questions and comments live with us. But we also post some of these questions on our Instagram feed, which is at Money Friends Pod. So I am going to put Aaron on the spot. We did ask our Instagram audience. Um, we told them we'd be talking about the cost of adopting dogs from shelters. We asked them, do you think people are made aware of the cost of pet ownership when they adopt? And so the questions were yes and not really. Those were the possible answers. So Aaron, I'm, like I said, she is coming at this cold. I am completely, you know, welcome to the show, Aaron. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. What percentage do you think said, yes, they are made aware of the cost or no, not really. They don't really know. And and I, I'm going to comment afterwards why I think the answer is what it is. I'm going to say 60, 40, 60 said they were aware, 40 said they weren't. Very good. Very close in that you guessed the correct majority. Technically, we had 76% said not really and 24% yes, but you got the heart of the matter, which is most people are not really aware. I do think to some degree, though, this is... I hate to say, I mean, it's a delicate thing because to some degree you you want, especially if it's in a shelter where the dogs, um, you know, some shelters are no kill, but some, you know, unfortunately they do put dogs down and they're desperate to get these dogs homes. And I know from my brother who's been very active in animal rights organizations that they will do almost anything they can to get these dogs homes sometimes versus the alternative. So I don't know that they, they, I think that most people come up with the money to care for their dogs, whether it's a hardship or not, they will do that. And so I think sometimes they don't want people to fully know because it might scare people off. What do you think? Well, I am very much in the adopt, don't shop camp. I will say, oh, my dogs growing up. And then as an adult were rescue dogs and The dogs that I've gotten as an adult were actually from organizations that go into high kill shelters and pull out the dogs that are about to be euthanized and then try to get them fostered and then adopted. So I agree that sometimes information can get withheld. That happened to me with Mosby. So there was no disclosure of him having any sort of heart issue. They claimed he was fine. And then it actually was when he went in to get neutered that I got a phone call that said, hey, uh, we can't neuter him because he has a heart murmur. And I said, well, like, how bad? What does that mean? And at the time, they said that we usually have them on scales of one to six, and this vet thinks he's a five. Which I was like, doesn't that basically mean he's like on death's door? So got a second opinion from my vet that I use, and she goes, he does have a heart murmur. It's not as bad as they said. We definitely can still neuter him. So he was still able to go through that procedure. But yeah, I mean, he did. He only lived about three years after I adopted him because he had a heart condition that was previously undisclosed. However, I also adopted him as a senior dog. So I did go into it thinking, yeah, I'm probably not going to have this dog for 10, 15 years like a lot of people do. My current dog is only a year old. I got her as a puppy. And so far, no health issues. Oftentimes, Mixed breed dogs tend to be a little bit healthier because there's not necessarily, if there's a genetic marker on that breed of dog for illnesses, then that usually kind of overrides. Tasker had a genetic test done and she has nine different breeds in her. So hopefully she stays nice and healthy for many, many years to come. But there certainly can be some withholding of information some of the time. From a consumer standpoint, though, I mean, look, these are... 
they're, they're living beings. I want, I want to say they're human, but they're not human, but they're living beings. Um, so you can't look at it as just the same as if you purchased something and it wasn't presented to you accurately. But how do you feel? Because this is something that really did affect you financially too, and in the heart, of course, that information that was financially important was mm-hmm. withheld. It's it's really tricky. It was. And I one of my big requests early on from this particular shelter was like, hey, I would then like some sort of, you know, money back for being able to then pay for his initial medication round because this isn't something that I expected. So I did actually get a tiny little reimbursement on the overall adoption fee. And I will say sometimes for senior rescue dogs, they are a little bit cheaper. The adoption fee sometimes are cheaper. Puppies are typically the most expensive. Then, you know, middle-aged dogs are a little bit of a discount than senior dogs half the time. They're like, please, for the love of God, just take this dog. The other thing to consider, if you would like a dog or you kind of want to, for lack of a better term, flight test whether or not you want to have a dog, consider fostering. Mm-hmm. because you financially are not on the hook. So you get to see what it's like to have a dog in your home, what it's like to train one, especially if you're interested in rescuing one, because there could be behavioral issues as well. And you get to have the experience, but the organization still pays for medical care, food, all of that. So it's a way for, on a budget, you can help the dog, you can save a dog's, dog's life, and then also you don't have to financially be out of pocket. That is great advice. We also asked our Instagram uh, friends to elaborate on their answers. You have some of those, Erin. Yes. Hold on. Let me get to those. I'm not sure I know exactly where those are. So if you do, I'm going to kick it back to you for a minute. All right. Let me do some of those. Um, So we have... um, a bunch of different ones. We have Julie says, and this is interesting, um, an unexpected injury can set you back and boarding fees if you travel. That is a big unexpected thing that people don't necessarily think about that when you travel, you either take your pet with you, which um, is becoming more common. I think a lot of places can be very accommodating, but then you have to think about the additional fees. And we've traveled with Waffles, our dog, and it's really not been great because not all dogs travel well. And then of course, you know, you say, let's say it's a pet friendly hotel. Okay. But then what happens when you go out, you're leaving a dog in a strange hotel room that can be very scary for them. So we've, you know, stopped doing that, but then you have to make sure you have someone to babysit them when you're here at home and pay for the dog walkers and all of that. We also have Sarah. She says the cost of acquisition is only the beginning. That said, I have two dogs and two cats and they're totally worth it. Which I very much agree. And it can be really expensive when you have more than one dog as well to pay for boarding too. For our, for when we board Tasker, this always blows our family's minds. It's $85 a day at the place where we board her, which it's like a luxe boarding situation that I will say. And our first dog, Mosby, I used Rover and this is not a condemnation, but we had a bad experience with somebody who he got attacked on their watch. Oh my goodness. So I'm very much, uh, like it to be licensed professionals who know what they're doing and in a place where I'm comfortable and I will pay a premium to make sure that that happens so that when we're on vacation, we can be relaxing 
and not worried about what's happening. Yeah, I totally agree. I often have trusted friends stay with waffles. Um, let's do a few more. We have Ryan says, can't put a price on it. Very much in alignment with you. And we also have Annette. She says, you are in charge of another life. That comes with a cost. Um, we have Vincent. He says, a therapist is nearly always cheaper. Um, we have Ash. Ash. Oh, wait, let me do um, Ashlyn, I think, um, says a dog is an extra line in the budget every week, but we wouldn't give up mine for the world. And Logan says, between pet insurance and the cost of food alone, finding the money can be rough. Rough spelled R-U-F-F. Um, I love a good dog pun. Yes, yes. And I will say, to the therapist's point, because yes. I, I hear a lot of people talking about dogs kind of being like therapy. One of my jokes that I use for anyone who's thinking about being self-employed and working from home such a good investment to have a dog because it forces you to go outside and make yes. sure that you are interacting with at least some other living being. Yes. And you also can, of course, talk to your dog and, you know, think that they're oh, yes. fully understanding what you're saying, which in some cases they do. Some things I think dogs are often smarter than we give them credit for. Oh, I'm convinced that Tasker definitely knows what I'm saying to her, or at least she does when she's playing with it, something she's not supposed to. She definitely can sense my tone on those. Yes. Tone is very important. Um, Anyway, all right, before we get to our takeaways, I do want to talk about our sponsor, and they're a new sponsor. We're so excited about them. Joust is the nation's only all-inclusive banking platform for the self-employed. Um, look, business banking can feel complicated. It was complicated when I started. Joust makes it easy. Pay Armor, Joust invoice payment guarantee product supports 71% of the gig economy workforce that experiences non-payment. In other words, if people aren't paying you, Aaron, you now have a resource on your side. So that's really important. Um, it's something that I really value and I'm really glad that Joust is in that business. You can sign up for Joust for free at try.joust.com forward slash MWF. Enter the promo code money with friends and get $100 in credits. That's try.joust.com forward slash MWF. And also um, we have uh, the head of Joust as one of our thought leaders this season. And so he will be with Joe making his debut in a couple of weeks. So look for George. Um, and that, and I, like you and I have talked offline about our struggles as entrepreneurs. Um, the vast majority of our clients are amazing, but every so often you get one that's a little bit slow to pay and you're not getting a clear answer. It's really good to have a resource. Absolutely. It is such a huge pain point of working for yourself. So it's nice to have somebody in your corner. Absolutely. All right. So let's do our takeaways. Do you want to go first or do you want the final word? Oh, I'll go first. Okay. So for me, I mean, I pulled this article. It made me very happy. It made my heart happy. And I just thought it was very endearing that this was how somebody chose to celebrate their Super Bowl win. And I know that he, as a dog owner himself, I believe he has two rescue dogs that he has too. So I thought that that was a beautiful way to give back. However, I will say for anyone who maybe is saving money by taking advantage of this, that same amount of money needs to get put to the side in an emergency fund for your dog. So you start that fund. You make sure that, you know, when your dog needs to go to the vet, you can do that. You know, some of us choose to feed our dogs very expensive food, but it needs to be something that you can afford to do. And this is not a decision to be taken lightly. I know they're not the same as kids and I know they're not as expensive as kids, but this is not something that you should just be surrendering if, if and when, and it will get hard. Dogs, especially puppies, can be very hard. So take it very, very seriously if you're going to move forward with it. And if you're just trying to figure out if it's right for you, like I said earlier, consider fostering. 
I love that. And the fostering is a great idea because you get to, you know, you get to see what the reality of day to day is. I mean, we have neighbors that recently adopted um, a puppy and it's great now, but the first few weeks were rocky. They were very rocky. They didn't realize how much work it was going to be and getting over that initial hurdle. It's a lot. So fostering is a wonderful way to kind of get the idea of what your, how your life is going to be impacted because they are life changing. And, you know, hopefully they have a very long lifespan, but they're like children there. You are responsible for knowing what's going on with them at all moments. So I love what you said, Aaron, and I love that you brought this story to us. My takeaway is that while I love that he is doing this because it puts a spotlight on the crisis that so many pets are in need, if the only thing stopping you from adopting a pet is the adoption fee, you can't afford the pet. The costs can be bananas. And even if you have insurance, which I do in my case, there's still big deductibles. I've never actually benefited from the insurance. I hope never to use it. But pets don't grow up and become independent like kids. <laughs> it's a huge parenting responsibility. Make sure you're ready, both in your budget and your life. Love it. All right. Before we wrap up, Erin, where can people learn more about you and all your projects? I love your AMAs on Wednesdays, right? Yeah, which today is. So you can join me on Instagram. It's at Broke Millennial Blog. On Twitter, it's just Broke Millennial. And then the website is BrokeMillennial.com. And the books are available wherever books are sold and hopefully your local library. Yes. By the way, never feel bad about getting books out of the library. It's a great thing. And especially authors love it if you call your local library and request the book if you don't see it there because libraries buy books. So it's all good. Yep. Um, if you want to be part of this show, join us on Facebook Live or we are doing some shows now on our YouTube channel. Facebook, it is at facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. On YouTube, just go to YouTube, search for Money with Friends. Please be part of our Instagram polls. Our handle is at MoneyFriendsPod. Same handle is on Twitter. And learn more about our thought leader co-hosts for season three and other seasons on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Thank you so much, Erin. You'll be back tomorrow. I will. Thanks for having me. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.